So I have been sending you memes. Yes, and I've just been liking them because I don't understand them. I've been and I haven't them. had time to look at them. <laughs> okay, so uh, apparently you're completely oblivious I'm to what is so happening confused. in the United States right now. Okay, do you know about the pipeline that got hacked? Mm-hmm. Okay. By the Russians? By... That's the news I got. Okay. It was a Russian gangster Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're terrorists. They're, the, they're ter- like, they're they like cyber mobs. terrorists. Like, they have affiliations with Russians, but really they're cyber terrorists, okay. right? And so they hacked one of the main uh, gasoline pipelines, mm-hmm. right? And that pipeline feeds gas to, like, the entire eastern side of the United States. Yeah. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean that gas, like, can't move, right? Because we still have, like, trains and trucks and all that kind of shit, right? But it closed off, like, a very quick way of getting gas. So it was just going to take a little bit longer to get gasoline, well, of course, dumbasses thought that meant, like, oh, the gas is going away. <laughs> and so they started hoarding gas. And I so guess the toilet paper thing, the snow, a- snow, absolutely thing all over. Again. Absolutely. I'm so concerned and so, for this country. So fucking dumbasses, <laughs> like somebody online did it once. And then a whole bunch of people were like, that's a great idea. Started putting gasoline in trash bags. What? Which is a bad idea, right? Because... The gasoline deteriorates plastic, yeah. right? Unless it's unless it's a plastic from like a jerry can. So are these like grown ass? Yeah, people? like yeah. This is worse than Tide Pods. Absolutely. At least Tide Pods were like stupid they're, teenagers. They're trying to hoard gasoline. This is worse than Tide Which, Pods. Which like I didn't think I could ever say that. Where we live in the great state of Texas, it is illegal to put gasoline in anything that's not like. A the big red like, container? Yeah, a big red container <laughs> or a vehicle. Like, if it is not one of those two things, it is illegal to fill up. So people here have been using jerry cans and filling those up, which is why we haven't been hit as bad, because people aren't just taking fucking Lowe's buckets to yeah. goddamn gas station and filling them up. <laughs> like, yeah, most of us already have jerry cans with gas in it anyway. But in North Carolina, you cannot get gas right now. Like, nothing in the entire fucking state. Wow. Yeah. That's because way people, worse than snowmageddon. Because people are hoarding it. And, like, they expected, like, 5% of, of, like, gas stations not to be able to meet demand for... 5%. 5%. That's what they it. were expecting. That That's was it. it. <laughs> but because people started fucking hoarding gas and putting them in goddamn fucking plastic bags... North Carolina has none gas. Those memes just got a lot funnier. Yeah, no <laughs> gasoline because some eco-terrorists fucking shut off a pipeline. This is what happens when we educate society, but not not an educated yeah, society. Like, all they were saying was like, hey, fill up your tanks now. Like, fill up your, yeah. your, your gas tank. Because it's going to be like It's going to be like days. a couple of days, right? <laughs> like, just make sure you got gas in your tank. And people are like, oh, I need to go get a 55-gallon drum and fill it to fuck up right now. Jeez. Yeah. We're, we I are can't believe you didn't know country. about this. I No, I, dude, I have been off the grid for like three days. Oh my God, days. dude. <laughs> this is the funniest fucking shit. I have literally just been outside from like dusk to dawn yeah dude we have a potential <laughs> rise of a third party happening what yeah like an independent party um, officially ap- independent not party? independent but they would be their own party um uh when cheney lost her seat her power um a hundred republicans wrote a letter to the rest of the republican party being like this is bullshit you guys are just trying to silence somebody from your own fucking party 
Wow. And if you keep on doing this shit, we're outy. And we're going to start our own. Dang. Yeah, dude. Well, I want a third party. Oh, hell yeah. A third I, I mean, funded I would, party. I would like mm-hmm. no parties. I would also prefer no parties. No parties. No, we we Jefferson, like George Hamilton? Washington. <laughs> no parties. Yeah. We yeah. Let, we uh, approve of George Washington's speech. Absolutely. So, but yeah. third party is still better, better. than two parties. Uh, yeah, for sure. It is actually Like an funded. actual prominent yeah, third party. Yeah, a funded party. party. Yeah, for sure. Not like the bull moose party or anything. <laughs> but yeah, like people are actually legitimately filling up plastic bags with fucking gasoline. Because that's that's, that's where we're at right now. But another news, uh, fully vaccinated people don't have to wear masks, except for like extreme cases. I just saw that on, I just got a notification on that like two minutes ago. Yeah, the CDC Mm -hmm. was like, hey dudes, you guys get to fucking party. I'm for it. Yeah. Congratulations. Hell yeah, dude. Get your vaccines. We're all about it. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. All right. All right. uh, We are trying something new this week. Um, as you can tell, because we did not start with the normal opening. So, welcome to Two Thoughts for a Penny, where two buds talk about their favorite movies and TV series. I'm Will Tart. And I'm Rand Olson, and today's movie pick is Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. Yeah, so we're trying something new. Um, we've been doing a certain format for the last 24 episodes, which is insane that we've done 24 episodes. But on number 25... We have decided that we are going to do something different. We are going to change up our format a little bit. So bear with us because we got to work out the kinks. We got to work out the kinks, <laughs> but we think that you guys might like this better. Yes. We think this will flow a little bit better. Also be a little bit shorter. Also be a little bit shorter mm-hmm. so that we don't end up with a Pratis of the Caraboon situation again. Yes. That went on for three hours. Honestly, not a bad movie for it to be no, three hours. No, <laughs> not at all. But absolutely took way too long. Yep. Yeah. So uh, what we're going to do now is we are going to move on to our normal Rotten Tomatoes synopsis. Yes. And in the- honor of Hot Fuzz... I have purchased. She has. She's, chocolate donuts. She's currently eating a donut. I'm stuffing my face with, with a, a chocolate with a chocolate donut. donut. Named the Chief Wiggum donut for you Simpsons fans. There you go. <laughs> Chief for, Wiggum. Yeah, for our. Um, That's how he talks, right? I don't know. I've never Chief, watched the Simpsons. Chief Wiggum. It, I think it's something like this. It's something around here. I don't know. Never he kind of talks it. nasally. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll start with our synopsis for today, and then we'll get into our tomato meter and release date and all that good stuff. So, mm-hmm. Hot Fuzz. As a former London constable, Nicholas Angel finds it difficult to adapt to his new assignment in the sleepy British village of Sandford. Not only does he miss the excitement of the big city, but he is also he also has a well-meaning oaf for a partner. However, when a series of grisly accidents rocks Sanford, Nick smells something rotten in the idyllic village. It did not flow. It did did not not flow, flow, but they actually (laughs) covered the movie better than they usually do. Yeah, but it did not flow. (laughs) It's better than like, a comedy dude does funny uh, police jokes while people die. (laughs) Which is also accurate. Good movie. (laughs) Like it a lot. Or just describing the first, like, five minutes of it. I love when they do that. Man uh, man becomes very good cop in London and leaves London. 
<laughs> it leaves, <laughs> leaves London to the countryside that he w- he has no, always wanted that, to go. Even that's too much. That's too much. Even that's too much. Man, wow. Yeah. Rotten Listen, Tomatoes is usually it's hard like to do that. yeah, they just like drop it. Mm-hmm. All right. So naturally, a comedy such as this would be rated R. It of is course. an action comedy at two hours and one minute, mm-hmm. released on March fourteenth, two thousand seven, in Ooh. the U.S. It got released like a month before in, sure. the, in London, of which course is it did. fine. Yeah. Which is great. So, but in the U.S., March 14th, 2007. March 14th, 2007. Yep. And based on your experience with this movie, what would you say the tomato meter is? Um, Man, this is weird. This <laughs> Especially is... because we've never done a European movie. Yeah. Um, Fuck. I don't know. Like, I know that the audience is going to like this one because I know there's a huge following for these three movies, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if that's going to play into the critics or not. I love this part. Um, <laughs> I <sighs> Y'all should look up the tomato readings before you and listen your... to the episode so yeah. that as he is making his assessment, you can just laugh at him yeah. the whole time. I'm trying to figure out like how the critics would feel about this one. <laughs> because notoriously on Rotten Tomatoes, if there is not like a through line that's like legitimately dramatic in some way, comedies do not do well. Pretty right? Much. Not like, unless they were made in the 40s. Yeah, like goofy comedies do not do well on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm going to guess that this very dry British humor is not going to sit well with Rotten Tomato critics. I'm not going to say that they panned it or anything, but they're not giving this thing a 95, right? Like that's not going to happen with Rotten love Tomatoes. This part. <laughs> so I'm going to shoot and say the critics gave it a 72. <laughs> Did they fucking love this one for no apparent reason? They fucking loved it. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's a 91. (laughs) From the Rotten Tomato critics? Uh Uh-huh. And it's higher than the audience. Not very much, but it's higher. What? Yeah. What was... We did a movie that is like... Like super fucking good. Uh Uh-huh. And Rotten Tomatoes was like 53 the proposal, I think it was. The I, proposal, yeah, where like, they they gave it the a audience score rating. was like eighty seven. Yeah, and they were like forty five. Yeah, I think it, yeah. Wrong but thing. on this, they're like this a very like, if you told somebody Hot Fuzz, there is a select few of people that you could walk up and say, "Have you seen the movie Hot Fuzz?" And they'd oh, be I did like, that yesterday. They'd be like, "Oh, it's <laughs> so fucking good, right?" Yeah. Like I feel like that is a. A, a very microcosm of an American audience, right? So it's fucking wild to me that the Rotten Tomatoes critics are like, oh yeah, Hot Fuzz, that's a, that's a good movie. <laughs> so the audience is slightly lower. 88? It it's 89. 89. 89. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, as I an American who has seen this movie, I support 91. <laughs> sure, sure. But I was surprised when I saw that. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, but now it's very like American British comedy at the same time. Yeah. Like, it's like a For mixture. Sure. Like it's it's very dry, but it's so fast paced. Yeah. That you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. you can get the joke. So much physical comedy too, which you know I love. Oh yeah. I love dialogue. 
and physical comedy. <laughs> Dialogue and physical comedy. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to move on from Rotten Tomatoes bullshit into talking about our production? Yeah. Um, the budget here was only eight million pounds. I'm not surprised at all. Which is eleven million dollars, sure. roughly. But yeah. eight million pounds. I am not surprised that it's a small budget movie. Yeah. Well, didn't they shoot in the like hit Edgar Wright's like hometown or yeah, something like something that? Yeah, something like that. They so it was like all on location. They didn't have to pay mm-hmm. for a bunch no. of locations or anything. And there's but... nothing like fucking insanely crazy happening. I mean, there's a lot of action and effects and stuff like that. But it's there's like nothing car like chase actions and fight scene. But actions. even then, there's not like we're not talking mission impossible levels the biggest the biggest stunt here would be when tim messenger gets the whole the church spike spike through through his his head yeah (laughs) yeah that would be that would be the biggest the biggest expense probably Probably, but that wasn't even practical like i mean that's all cg really i mean except Mm -hmm. for the part where he's like walking towards him yeah yeah Yeah. i was like that's probably a physical prop With, like, a fake one. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. That's probably puppeted. But, yeah. like, the actual falling off and, like, hitting him in the head and everything, there's no way that's practical. No. Yeah. They could have dropped it and then green green screened him in there. Sure. But. Yeah. I don't think they Nobody did, would ever make that shot either. No. It's freaking ridiculous. Yeah. I'm watching. I'm like, oh, it might squish him. Yeah. No. Spike right through the yeah, brain. Right through the top of the head. <laughs> and it like, sticks wow okay <laughs> the best part is that he like stays standing i know i was like dude that's so much weight right yeah, now <laughs> that, that thing has got so much force it would have split him in half yeah yeah <laughs> but that was good but, but yeah eight million pounds that's not bad at all yeah and uh 5.8 8 million for opening weekend so wow. they almost made it back right back yeah but this was after Shaun of the dead so like they already kind of had this A following following yeah, behind them before they did this. So yeah. I'm not entirely surprised that they were able to make that money back quick because uh, Shaun of the Dead was 2003, 2004, uh, four, maybe? something like that. I don't remember. Yeah, so they had three years of people like being amped up about seeing another one of their movies. So yeah. that makes sense that they almost made it back. When a big explosion on the poster, like, come on, yeah. guys. Oh, it's yeah. two cops like Heck slow yeah. walking on the poster with just well, yeah. fire in the it's background. It's making fun of exactly. Like, but it, this was like the high 2007. I mean, we had Reno 911 was out. Oh, yeah. We had um fucking what? Oh God, what is that other one called? Uh, it's like Reno 911. Starts with a T. Nope, it's gone. No. Gone from my brain. All I can think but of is But it's another chips. one. There's <laughs> chips, right? But that was a few years later. Right. But like all of these ones that and make fun earlier. of, like poke fun at police work and kind of Jeez. make like these ridiculous gurney show action things going on. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, later we would see the one with, uh, don't worry about it. You're never going to figure it out. It's so going to bother me. Um, later would be the one with Maki Mak and Will Ferrell. The good, like, the old guys? I think no, it's the good, good guys. guys. Good guys? I think it's the good guys. Same idea, but in American comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, totally. Maki Mark. Maki Mark. <laughs> Maki Mark. He, he hates being called Marky Mark. Well, poor guy shouldn't have named himself that. Maki Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> Ooh, buddy. I like his later acting more than his earlier acting. I like his singing and hip-hop career. Oh, yeah? Is that mm-hmm. your favorite of his career? Absolutely, dude. Good Vibrations is a fucking bop. 
That is so true. Yeah. That is ultimate this is a goddamn pool party bop, music. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Marky Mark knew what he was doing when he made good vibrations. Have you ever watched his workout videos? No. You didn't know he had workout videos? No, I did not. Oh my gosh. Wesley I'm sure he looks too. fucking great. Yeah, but they're very much... Um, scoring for the ladies oh yeah like they're very much oh yeah yeah it's like it's it's 90s typical workouts but it's not the dude in the leotard doing pilates it's It's him doing dumbbell work curls (laughs) curls and zenith press in jeans baggy jeans jeans. yeah Yeah. with his shirt off yep just doing forward curls even though we know that doesn't do a goddamn thing yeah yeah pretty much Mm -hmm. i was quite funny that's awesome (laughs) that's great so but yeah um I'm all for uh, buddy cop movies, even though while uh, Danny and Nicholas make for a great buddy cop duo, they still do not top Sean and Gus. I just want to oh, keep that out okay. there. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Another. They're on. Yeah, they're on. They like, have a movie too. That's true. They do have a movie. Yeah. They're they're on like the top 10 buddy cop duo list. Pretty good. But Sean and Gus are still yeah. riding so, it. Mm-hmm. H- how much did this thing make to date? Uh, eighty point seven million worldwide. So ten, 10 times. times. It, technically more than ten times because that's hundred and eleven million worldwide. A hundred mil- They made hundred and eleven million dollars. They made eighty pounds. No, they 80 made eighty million, million dollars. Oh, eighty million which dollars. Which means it's like it's less pounds. It's less pounds. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're gonna be in like the sixties yeah, for pounds. Sixties. Still, dude. Still so many pounds. Fuck. <laughs> that's insane. Almost ten times what your budget was. I'd say that's pretty fucking successful. And it's still riding. Oh, yeah. It's only it's been, been out 14 years. Yeah, dude. And We're 1985 and guess what? to today. This movie holds up, too. I just want to say that. It's for 14 easy. years it's old, easy for it, to hold it, up. Yeah. it holds up. Like, there's nothing in here where I'm like, oh, that didn't age well. Right. Right? Like, it... Like, even the jokes are, like, blatantly, like, making fun of the fact that they are jokes. Like, the sexist jokes and Mm, stuff. mm -hmm. They're, like, blatantly making fun of the fact that they're making fun of that fact. (laughs) So, yeah, so it ages really well, because no matter how you feel about the joke, it's like, but we're making fun of the joke. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. (laughs) So it works. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) But... Did you, uh, were you able to find out anything about, like, how much Simon and them made? Or how much they got signed for? Mm-mm. No, you usually can't find that kind of shit. I no, would love to No, it's really know it. hard unless they like tell it in an right, interview, in an interview or, something or something like, like that. that. But I would love to know that kind of stuff. I know that he was uh, that Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright wrote it together, mm-hmm. so Simon Pegg would have made significantly more than Nick Frost and sure, but sure, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg made a lot of money. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, I, I assume they fucking banked off of this. And especially because Simon Pegg is just like all over the place. He's mm-hmm. always he's always a side character in all of your favorite like everything. trilogies and everything. <laughs> fandoms and everything. So it's mm-hmm. just like Simon Pegg. Yeah, we'll take him. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's across the board everywhere. But no, I didn't find anything on how much they made. Do you have any other fun things about production? Uh, well, there were two, um, cameos that are uncredited. Oh. Yes. Okay. Are you ready for it, though? Yes, I because am. we were just talking about this before we started recording. Okay. Kate Blanchett. Oh, really? Was the girlfriend, Janice. All you see is her eyes. It's Kate Blanchett. What? I know. I, I was reading that and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no way. <laughs> she's got, like, red hair peeking out of her suit and everything. And you're like... 
who is that? Like, she's got very familiar eyes. And then you get uncredited Kate Blanchett role and you're just like, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> no way. Yep. Galadriel herself? Yep. Hella? Yep. Good I don't Lord. remember what her name is in Ocean's 8, but that chick. I don't chick. remember. <laughs> oh my God. Yep. That's insane. You want to know? Well, there's the... only like five British actors, so That's like, it's true. not shocking. Right. Everybody's in everything. E- I mean, every... Martin Freeman has, dude, what, a 30 second Jesus role? God, dude, they're in fucking <laughs> everything. Yep. There's a small amount of them. That's insane. <laughs> there's not, but they're always in everything. They're, yeah, they're, there's not a small amount of everything. <laughs> but they're always in everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, the other one is uh, Peter Jackson himself. He's the Santa Claus that stabs oh, Nicholas Angel through the hand. <laughs> of course he's the fucking... Literally like a two... Jesus. Less than a two second scene. It's it Peter the, Jackson. It was the most painful experience of my life. Yep. Yep. The <laughs> Lord it? of the Rings director what himself. What was it like being stabbed? <laughs> it was extremely painful. Yep. Still a bit stiff. <laughs> How's the hand? Still a bit, a bit stiff, stiff, sir. So yeah, um, wow. That was that's my main trivia Jesus. as far as as far as casting goes. What a fucking list. Yeah. Oh my god. Jeez. Okay. Well, yeah. There we go. As far as production goes, yeah. other than the fact that I'm pretty sure they watched like a hundred and thirty movie buddy like buddy cop oh, movies to get every single joke ever. Yeah. In yeah. And they also, like, met with people and everything. Like, supposedly... Oh, they had to have. Yeah, no, like, but, like, they did, like, intense research. Did they? More than most people. And supposedly, they, like, called one of these police stations and was like, hey, we want to um, reach out and get to know, like, follow you guys around and, mm-hmm. you know, do all this stuff. We're doing research. Sure. And um, evidently, the coordinator or whatever, the public relations mm-hmm. officer... Uh, thought that they were journalists and said no. Oh. <laughs> they never forgave that Rough. person. <laughs> Rough. What a mistake, sir. What a mistake. You would have been making yes. some money as a consultant. Right? Shit. Um, yeah, but... Okay, cool. Well, we can move on to one of the things that we love the most, which is the acting. It is the acting the portion. Acting, the acting portion. We really like how people perform and talking about their performances. So that's what we're going to to move on to. And we can kind of do this like role by role or important roles or whatever. Be, I think it might be easiest if we just go down the list. Sure. Like, let's do, do that. Roll by roll. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Who do we have first? Of course, Simon Pegg, who plays Nicholas Angel. Our, our main character. Metro PD. Mr. Angle himself. <laughs> Mr. Angle. <laughs> Sergeant Angle. Sergeant Angle. Sergeant Angle. <laughs> Sergeant, Sergeant Angle. Angle. <laughs> it's Angel! For fuck's sake! So good. Yeah. Um, he, he fucking killed it in this movie. Yeah. He absolutely I, killed it. Yep, and what do we got? We got Shaun of the Dead. Oh, he had an episode in Doctor Who. Um, mm-hmm. The Long Game is the episode. I don't remember it, but I I, it's I been do. a while since I've watched Doctor I Who. I think I do. But um, Mission Impossible uh, yeah. 3 through 7. Mm-hmm. The newest Star Trek series with Chris Pine. Yes. Uh, the third of this trilogy, The World's End. He plays uh, Scotty in Star yep. Trek. Scotty, beam me up. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars Episode 7. He plays some random dude yep. I'm pretty sure that dies. Ready Player One 
and his latest role is as the dad of the main character in The Boys. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, I yeah, totally, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, wait, The Boys? Yeah. I've been watching that. I don't, he's, oh. He's a, what's his face's dad. Yeah. He's our main character's dad. Yep. Yeah. So That's I thought, so weird. I know. It's so like weird to think television. that he's, but that he's playing a dad. I know. That's so weird. And I totally, it was just like, oh yeah, it's Simon Pegg, whatever. And while in, I'm watching it because he's so good at it. And yeah. then I'm roll, scrolling through the credits yeah. of Simon Pegg and I'm like, the boys, wait, what? In Ready Player One, he's like, they like put him in old man makeup. Oh, really? And he has to be like an old man. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. I still have to watch that. It's he's so weird to think list. of him as old. He's not old. He's not that old he's either. Old. He's in his what? Late 40s? Probably. Yeah. Early 50s maybe. Yeah. He's not that old. He's younger than my parents, I'm pretty sure. So. But like, to, be like the thing 40s. about that is in the boys, if his son was like in his 20s, then like, yeah, technically that could like that's I mean, realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like maybe he was 16 or something. <laughs> no, he wouldn't have to be. I mean, if he's if his son's like 25. Right, and yeah, he's fifty years he old. He would have been twenty five when he had his kid. Yeah, that's, that's totally so like yeah, like that's not crazy. But yeah. it's wild to think of him as an old man because I when I think about him, I think of this role with the Angel. very bright blonde yeah. hair. <laughs> I think of Angel. I think of Sean. Like yeah, those are the characters I think of when I think Simon Pegg, and so that it's just weird to think of him that way. But like in this, he fucking nails this role i yeah. love it so much being the like like stiff you know fucking by the book he's the best at everything he's except the best for social at, skills he's the best at <laughs> fucking everything and he's and he like just is this character you love and he's a total fucking badass and he sells the badassery like I know, not he, too hard he, in every other movie he's but, like kind of a geek and in this yeah, movie you're like he's a total he dweeb. looks like a geek but he's like a badass but he like kicks ass <laughs> that scene where he fucking uh what never taken a shortcut and he Favorite. starts vaulting the fucking things and at the end he does the front flip over it it's like it's like a front flip into a twist flip. Uh-huh. like it's a double whammy yeah. right there yeah. and nick Frost's character danny just looks at him like when he like when he shows up in the middle of town just loaded down with a toothpick in his mouth and everybody's like and he's riding a fucking white horse. Yeah. I didn't know we had a mount to <laughs> It's Nobody tells me anything. Nobody tells me anything. <laughs> it's so good. So good. I'm all for it. Um, I don't... I, I'm trying to think of, like, my favorite scene with him in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of think. I... Oh, man. It's so hard. I think... Mm, what would you say? I'm gonna... I'm gonna my favorite scene in this movie with him in it? Yeah, your favorite Nicholas Angel scene. Mm. Ah, shit. <laughs> I don't know. That's hard. It is really hard. It's really hard. Um, I really, really like the scene where he shows back up and uh, the big dude is trying to kill him. Oh, and he's York? on the he's on the radio, <laughs> and he goes, "Is is he still alive?" Nar, <laughs> good. <sighs> and he just totally relaxes his body. I fucking yeah. love that scene so much. Yarp. I <laughs> nar. 
I think my favorite will have to be the 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 start of where he's telling Timothy Dalton on the cameras showing him the burglar. Uh, yeah. Through the chase scene to up until he catch like right as he catches him. Mm-hmm. I think that's my favorite. That's a good one. Because it has the running in it. It has um the 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 cool oh mothers and it's literally just a stroller uh-huh. mothers like yeah. just blocking the yeah. way <laughs> so good all right let's move on to our next character we all got right. some characters to move through uh nick frost plays our beloved danny butterman danny butterman danny butterman who butterman what a fucking name right and he's in the, this whole trilogy mm-hmm and then i saw that he was in the doctor who episodes of last christmas and death in heaven hmm uh, and now he has a role in the new HBO Max show, The Nevers, which is on my list really? to watch at some point. Yeah. Because it has one of the cool characters from The Great. I'll have to check that out. Which I watched out. on Hulu, which was also really good. Sweet. So, but um, other than that, it was a bunch of stuff that I didn't... He sticks to the... He sticks to the European yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like... I don't recognize most of these yeah. or they were really he's, bad. He's a big writer too. He yeah. does a lot of writing. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm totally for. But he's in these trilogies, funny. man, he is so funny. You could do all three of these movies and just bank for life. Oh yeah. That's, I oh, I'd yeah. be that one actor that just like played in like one trilogy. Yeah. And got ro- and, like just and signed it. A, like Tom Hanks was like, mm-hmm. I just want royalties for Forrest Gump, and now you see where Forrest Gump is, and you're just like, why do you even work anymore? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that'd be me. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's and I mean like that's what Nick Frost does in this thing. Mm-hmm. He oh my gosh, and all of all of these trilogies, he's just the man. Oh, and my favorite scene with him is literally just the montage of him asking Nicholas Angel all the questions. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> and he like raises through. his hand. No, no, and no. He's like, I love the one when Nicholas Angel is trying to explain to him all of the like things he sees as a cop and he's just like, oh, that's just him doing this thing. Yeah. Or like, he's like, oh, the kids fucking do that every Sunday. And then he's like, what's up, Timmy? <laughs> and it was like, can't you see his face? He's like, no, he's got a hat on. I'm he's not got, made of ice. <laughs> he's got a fucking hat on. Like, I love the fact that he's like the perfect beat cop. Yeah. <laughs> like, he is the absolute prime beat cop. He knows everybody in this town. He knows what they do, well, when they do it, how they like, do it. You can tell that if he had received proper training, he'd be a really good <laughs> <Right>. cop. Yeah. <laughs> and you're seeing it through the whole thing with all of his comments and questions and stuff. <laughs> yeah. My favorite is like, is it true that if you shoot a man right in the... <laughs> <laughs> if you shoot him in a specific part in his brain, his head explodes? And <laughs> Nicholas Angel just looks at him with an... <laughs> no, it's not true. Their head does not explode. Like, pardon my British accent here, guys, mm-hmm. but, like, it's so funny because it's in a British accent. He, oh, God. It's so good. It's the most painful thing you went through. What was the second most the painful, painful thing, thing you went through? through? <laughs> Yeah. It's like he thinks of those questions. Yep. Like, yeah, you got stabbed in the ha- hand and you said it's the most painful thing in your life. What is the second most painful thing you've been mm-hmm. through? Like, is it like close to oh, that? Oh, you know or? what's another one I love? I love when he's the translator for the two guys. <laughs> for uh, Filch from yeah. Harry Potter yes. and, the, and, the, and Saxon's uh-huh. mess. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, they. So Filch is like, and then. The other guy is just a little bit more, like you catch like one or two words and then it goes over to Nick Frost and then he translates that so that Angel knows what they're talking about. Yeah, yes. that's a great scene. That is that is a great scene. And I, and I think my favorite quote from him is, 
you ain't never seen Bad Boys 2. You've <laughs> never seen Bad Boys 2. Which, too. to be fair, I've never seen Bad Boys 2. <laughs> I think you've been watching too many movies, Sergeant <laughs> yeah. Angel. Trust me, he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. The, his lines are just ultimately yeah. just quotable. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so that's basically what we like the best Those about that Those are two character. main actors. These next ones we'll just kind of roll through pretty quick because they're just like, in scenes and like we can talk about them a little bit but those are your two main characters there and they just both of those actors they played off each other so oh they they're such a good duo dialogue physical comedy Uh, just yeah top tier thank you guys yeah so good (laughs) but um and our big baddie timothy Mm -hmm. dalton timothy dalton who i love as as a baddie love that he's american in Fair. this he's the bad guy and yeah. the bad guy's the american yeah yeah love I mean, it it's fair yeah it's fair it's dude fair. absolutely but he plays our um shop store owner mm-hmm. simon skinner mm-hmm. and uh timothy dalton has been around forever uh, yeah um and known... he looks exactly the same exactly the same his hair just is getting grayer uh, like that's it a little bit yeah it's salt and pepper yeah <laughs> But, I mean, he started his days with, like, Flash Gordon. Mm-hmm. He was, like, the prince or whatever in there. Yeah, dude. And then he played in some of the worst James Bond movies as James Bond. Yeah, we try to forget those ones. Sorry, guys. Um, the Rocketeer, which is one of our favorite Disney movies. Oh, I love The Rocketeer. <laughs> uh, Looney Tunes back in action. Hell yeah, he was he in there. he plays a James Bond-esque yeah, character. Yeah, he does. Hell um, yeah. He also had a Doctor Who episode, The End of Time. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, Toy Story because three of course and he four. Did. Every British actor's been in Doctor Who. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why I noted the episode on mm-hmm. here because I was like, they've all been in. They've Doctor all Who, been in Doctor Who. So we need to like specify. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Toy Story three and four. Um, Who is which he in? I don't remember what he is. I didn't put it in here. Hmm. I think he was like a teddy bear or something. Like an evil. Is he the evil teddy bear? I think he's the evil. Is teddy he the bear. bad guy? I think he's the evil teddy bear. That's amazing. I could be wrong. Um, and then he played one of my favorite TV shows ever, Chuck. Yes. He played yeah. the the bad guy in that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. that's how I was actually introduced he's to Tim. Always Dalton. the bad guy, and he is so good at it's, it. It's it's the evil smile. Oh my god, with, dude! He with knows the voice. he knows how to do that little like yeah it's side the, it's eye. the evil smile voice yeah. combination it's really good so we're for it and his newest thing which i didn't even know existed is called doom patrol which is a dc hbo max show oh i've heard of that i heard of it like yes. briefly and i actually looked at the synopsis and i was like oh he's in that yeah he's huh. i think he's the mad scientist that of created course. all the of course he is. heroes but of i didn't look too much is. into it so yeah but yeah, I was like, dude, okay. and he's he's such a good bad guy in this too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he really sells it as the crazy loony bad guy. I'm for it. Yeah. I'm for right. it. Keep going. Uh, Jim Broadbent. He played Inspector Frank Butterman. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is probably most notably for our generation. He was in Harry Potter six and eight. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, he Half plays. Prince and Deathly um, Hollows Part Two. He's he plays Slughorn. Slughorn. Mm-hmm. Yup, um, but he's also been in the Bridget Jones series. He Ooh. played in Moulin Rouge. Yes, he plays um, the owner of the Moulin Rouge. Okay. Uh, gun, gun, gun. Gangs of New York. Yes. Uh, Chronicles of Narnia. He played in. in Who's that... he in Chronicles of Narnia? Um, oh, crap, I just had it. 
He did he voice um he didn't one voice of, one of the beavers? He might have. That sounds Because they're right. in all four, right? Yes. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember. It's been forever. Because Liam Neeson is Aslan. As we all know. The voice of God himself. Oh, Liam man. Neeson. Morgan Freeman and Liam Such Neeson. Such a good ass. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? A southern black man and an Irishman. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also played in the um, not non-okay Indiana Jones 4 that we don't count as yes. an Indiana Jones movie. Yep. And uh, most notably, Game of Thrones. Cut it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that was cool to see him as the bad. He kind of was like Slughorn though, because he was like oh, he was super, like Weasley a little yeah, bit. He's very yeah, very we- Weasley and like doesn't want to be mm-hmm. on any side really. He's mm-hmm. just like well, he wants to be on the side of making the town perfect. Yeah, at but any he's cost. just like I don't want to be seen. Like cause yeah. if it goes bad, then I'm the bad guy, and if it goes good, uh-huh. like I'm the good guy. But I don't know which way it's going. <laughs> right, right. So it's very Slughorn like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got uh. Patty Considine, who mm-hmm. plays Detective Andy Wainwright, mm. who was the one, the the bigger detective one, the one yes. with the bigger mustache, bigger mustache and the bigger eyes. The and Andes. The bigger part. Mm-hmm. The bigger part. Um, you which, fucking twat. <laughs> he was in The Born Ultimatum, The World's End, uh, Peaky Blinders, mm. um, the HBO Max show The Outsider by Stephen King, yep. and he is filming for house of the dragon a game of thrones prequel series everybody that we're super excited about and if we want a doctor who reference there um our bit our famous doctor number 12 matt smith Mm -hmm. is our main character in house of the dragon so there you go there we go another the chin doctor who Um, so, and I actually preferred Detective Andy Cartwright. Mm-hmm. The play, other Andy. The other Andy, played by Rafe Spall. Or Andy that comes around to Angel first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah also, yeah. um, he's just, I think he's the better actor. You think so? Yeah. And yeah. he's been getting his comeuppance up in here. Oh, yeah? Like, he's been, because he was just recently in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. He just played the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was watching it, and I hadn't seen Hot it's Fuzz. It's hard to, like, recognize their faces behind the face aviators and the mustache. And the mustache, yeah. yeah. I hadn't seen Hot Fuzz who, in a few who years. Who knew that that actually worked? Right. That the fucking glasses Clark with, the, was right with the mustache. Alone. We were just yeah. underestimating the disguise. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, no, he's been, he's He's been going up in the world because he's got Shaun of the Dead, Prometheus, mm-hmm. Life of Pi. He is in Prometheus. Yeah. Um, the world's in. He's in Black Mirror, the White Christmas episode. Oh, that's a good episode. Um, he played in Sons of Liberty, which is one of my favorite short series. Okay. Um, with Ben Barnes. Ooh. For everybody that likes Ben Barnes, because we like Ben Barnes. We like Ben Barnes. Um, the Big Short with Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, where he plays the big bad guy. Yep. Um, Men in Black International, where he also plays the big bad guy. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Just Mercy, which I don't know if y'all have seen it, but it's with Men Mike. in Black International, which I would like to put forward as possibly connected to the MCU because it is Valkyrie and Thor. It's <laughs> so true too. <laughs> I also actually did really like Men in oh, Black. Oh, I really did. And yeah, I got like flopped. Yeah, it oh, like, it but it was totally so enjoyable. Did. It's the same thing with Ghostbusters. With That's the fair. remake of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Also a very good movie. 
Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, so he's just in Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan and Brie Larson, and mm-hmm. he played kind of the weaselly lawyer that was like trying to defend his town, but like also was like, oh, it's kind of racist, and oh, it's kind of not, and everything. He's just like, right. didn't want the town to get screwed over because he was doing the right thing, and yeah. then he ended up doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, all right, you're good again. But yeah, so yeah. that one was really good. Um, that was the most recent that he'd been in, which is awesome. Yeah. But I liked, I liked him the best. I thought he was funnier and I thought he should have had more lines. I can feel that. I can feel that. I really love him in the, uh, when they're in the grocery store. (laughs) I love, I love him in the grocery store when he's like bought in to doing some badass shit. Not only that, he thinks his partner Wainwright has been killed because he's got Got ketchup, the marinara sauce. That's what it is. It's not marinara sauce. He says... It's just bro. It's just brochure. Well, I I don't know what it's he some said. Some fucking British but, sauce yeah, shit that looks like British blood. Some British red sauce. And he's like, it's just, but he's going to town. Oh yeah, this he's lunch. like, he's gonna fucking <laughs> he's like, avenge ah! his friend. Yeah, so good. So freaking good. All right, but, let's keep going. Okay, um, we've got a um Oscar winner up in Ooh. here with our next one, Olivia Coleman, who played Officer Doris Thatcher, who got really? all of these sexist jokes yeah. that were hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and Simon Pegg's like, you don't mind a little bit of manpower, do you, Doris? And she's like, oh. You should have got me. I would have shown you around the office. <laughs> she's like, I've been around the block a few times. And Nicholas Angel's just like, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But um, she got an Oscar for playing in The Favorite, which I have not seen. I haven't seen it's it a 2019 either. 2019 movie. Okay. Um, her Doctor Who episode was The Eleventh Hour. Okay. Uh, have I don't remember it. The Eleventh Hour is very good. I do remember that episode. She is very yeah. good in it. All right. And then we've got, she played in The Iron Lady with uh, Meryl Streep. Yes. Okay. And Murder on the Orient Express. Murder on the Orient and Express, her most which is very good. Also true. And her most recent role, which might be her best role other than her Oscar winner, is she played Queen Elizabeth II in the Netflix original series, The The Crown. Crown. And I think it's like the second phase of Queen Elizabeth where she's like middle age. Yes. Because it follows Queen Elizabeth through the whole thing. So yeah. Because we're at at Princess Diana right now, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah. So she has finished her stint Mm -hmm. at The Crown, but... Mm -hmm. I, I have not watched it yet, and I'm sorry. I'm trying to finish The Boys still. Yeah, I just started The Boys. <laughs> the season two of The Boys. I'm trying to finish it. It's not easily bingeable because no, it's so cringy. It's, it's a hard one. <laughs> so it's like, I want to watch it, but I, I need the, a break. I watched the first episode, and I was like, I need to watch Ready Player One. Yep. Because I need something. That, oh, that's, so you've only watched the first episode. I've watched the first episode of season two, and I was like, I need uh, a break. Oh, okay. So you've seen the finale of season one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Hell yeah. It's one thing to, like, look at Elizabeth's shoe and be like, yeah, she's an older woman, you know, and everything, and then witness that and be like, oh, my yeah. God, I never wanted to see that. Yeah. Because I saw you when you were in your, like, hot age, uh-huh. when you were getting frisky with Tom uh-huh. Cruise and stuff, yeah. but, like... You're doing it now, and I'm highly uncomfortable yeah, because, like, three weeks ago, I watched you in Cocktail, and you were, like, 30 years younger. Mm-hmm. Okay. We gotta keep moving. So, yes. Um, yeah, not... Um, it is one of my binge shows that I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, congrats to Olivia Coleman. All these people have ass, all dude. not peaked yet, is what... No. I, that's my That's my thing, dude, is, like, I think all it, of these people haven't peaked except for maybe Timothy Dalton. I think Timothy that's Dalton. one of the things in this section, like... 
we chose a movie where every single actor in this thing was just having so much fun. Oh, yeah. All of them were having so much fun. And that makes the production way better. Yeah, When like, everybody's like... just having a good time, <laughs> like, and you can tell, like, you can tell from the energy on screen, like, every single one of these person, people made an impact with their character. We loved every character. It made a difference to the movie. Like, none of these people I would ever want to take out of this movie. Right. Like, yeah, definitely not a what if thing. Yeah. Um, but, um... Oh, man, I was just about to say something. I think my my favorite thing about this is, like, I don't think any of these characters have, actors, have peaked. No way. Except maybe Timothy Dalton. Maybe. And Jim Broadman, but just because they're older. They're older guys. Yeah, but they still have, like... But they're still going uh, out and kicking ass. They could get, like, a nice drama Oscar mm-hmm. Oscar win for, like, a cool World War right. II movie or something like sure. that. Sure. Like, Why that's not? That's where I see it going if they if they haven't peaked yet. Yeah. <laughs> but but our, mean, <laughs> when you get to play a professor in Harry Potter... Like, you're doing pretty good. And I am honestly surprised we didn't have more Harry Potter people <laughs> right? in here. Right, But it's okay, because we got a bunch of Doctor Who people in yeah, here. Yeah, we got all the Doctor Who people. Yep. So, um, our next one, though, Rory McCann, he plays Markle- Michael Armstrong, who mm-hmm. is Yarp. Yarp. <laughs> um, and he's great. Uh, his big roles are mostly British, except for Clash of the Titans, which is not... <gasps> Oh, that just clicked for me. There you go. Okay, well, um, he also played the Hound in Game of Thrones, so he mm-hmm. made it mm-hmm. all the way from season one to season eight. Yeah, he did. So congrats to him. Yeah, because we all loved him mm-hmm. in that, and hopefully Yarp. that's not his peak. But if it is, like a congratulations to that, you made it through eight who years knew, of hell. Who <laughs> knew that he would get to play a Hodor? In one thing, and then get to be the hound. That's a in good, thing. yeah. That's a good comparison. Yeah. He's like, all right, all right. That's right. Uh, made myself a Game of Thrones reference there. He did <sighs> make himself a Game of Thrones reference. Thank you very much. So, and he just played in Jumanji: The Next Level, where he played the uh, one of the villains. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He played the big furry. The yeah. Big furry dude. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy. <laughs> he is a very big He's guy. He's a big guy. And then we had a, a lovely cameo from Stephen Merchant, who was in our last movie mm. for Jojo mm-hmm. Rabbit. Yep. Um, Stephen Merchant played Peter Ian Staker, or Piss Taker. Piss Taker? <laughs> he um, lost his swan. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Can you describe oh, the yeah, swan, Could you please? describe this one? Um, well, it's wh- white. white long, neck, long neck. Long neck. Two know. feet tall. It's a, it's a swan. Orange beak. It's a, it's a swan. <laughs> so, um, and he is... The swan's an MVP in this movie. That's true. And they do save him. And mm-hmm. then he does um, save the day. Did you... Do you want to know a fun fact about swans in England? Um, yes. They all belong to the queen. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I knew that. Yeah. Like, it just jogged it the memory. It is illegal but... to harm a swan in the United Kingdom because they all, every single one, belong to the queen. Interesting. I mean, it should be illegal to harm any living being, but I'm for Without harsher the proper charges. licenses. Well, I mean, yes, meat and stuff. Uh-huh. I get that part, but right. we don't eat swan. <laughs> we don't. We do not eat swan. But um, they're just mean motherfuckers. That's true. They're almost as bad as geese. Swans are mean as hell, dude. <laughs> but um, Stephen Merchant is big dude over here. He mm-hmm. wrote, created, and acted in The Office. Mm-hmm. Which I don't watch, but sorry, guys. Um, and then he played in the a big... The British one's better anyways. 
never seen either. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people would say. Yeah, That's probably. That's what office people say. Fair enough. Uh, mm-hmm. He played in Big Bang Theory and then most recently in jo- oh, yeah. Jojo Rabbit where he played the, the Gestapo, Gestapo guy. Mm-hmm. Um, who, very good. <laughs> but... Um, he had he just had a funny role just to make just to drop the dramatic of mm-hmm. Nicholas Angle joke yes. like it just took it down a notch. Yep, and um, that was awesome. But Martin Freeman also was in here. Uh, he is our big um, the Hobbit. He played Bilbo Baggins mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the Hobbit. But he just like randomly shows up in this too. Yeah, all of these just guys for like were half like, a second. Yeah, I guess we have a day. He's in Shaun of the Dead too. Yeah. He's in Love Actually, Shaun of the Dead, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, mm-hmm. where he's the main character. Yep. Uh, What's Your Number, which is our lovely Chris Evans rom-com. Mm-hmm. He plays in The Hobbit as Bilbo Baggins. He's also in The World's End, which I don't remember who he played. Yeah. And he also is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yep. as Everett K. Ross, mm-hmm. who made his entry in Civil War and is only in Black Panther and Civil War, I yes. believe, and is set to appear in black panther 2 yep uh and then also notably in sherlock yeah so but probably the one that put him like really boosted his career to being a main actor in a lot of stuff was sherlock when he played oh, yeah. watson i knew who he was when i saw sherlock for sure I was like, but like he wasn't no no no. i mean i know what he was i saw sherlock mm-hmm. and after that you knew who he I was knew forever who he was yeah yeah the, yeah because he was, it was when he played Watson, that really like boomed his career. Yeah. Because he kills it as Watson. Yeah. Yup. Um. And then we got Bill Nye, who plays the Metro Chief Inspector. Bill Nye. Yeah. He he has. Bill. 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 Anyway, <laughs> he plays uh, the Metro Chief Inspector. He is like a thirty-second role. Yep. Uh, also, Shaun of the Dead, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He plays, he plays his Davey. dad yeah. in Shaun of the Dead. Yep. Um, and then he's Davy Jones in the Pirates of the Caribbean series. He's yes, also he in one of my favorite spy novel turned movie. Hate the movie, but love the novels as kids. Um, Alex Ryder, Operation Stormbreaker. I never watched the movies. <laughs> really? Because I love There's the only books one. <laughs> so much. I love the book so much, I could not bring myself to watch the movie. Well, there's only one okay. <laughs> for a reason. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but he played the MI6 director. Wow. So. There you go. Yeah, it was great. Okay. It was awesome. <laughs> it was bad. Yep. But, but he was okay. good in this. He was good his, in this. For his 20 seconds. Yep. And yeah. he also in Valkyrie, his Doctor Who episode was Vincent and the Doctor. Yes. He played in Harry he Potter. He plays the curator of the... Um, place where the Van Gogh paintings oh, are. Oh, I remember that episode very well. He's I the one who tells episode. Van Gogh how important his yeah, artwork was. that's like the episode that everybody knows. Oh, for sure. But that I always see memes to that too. Yeah. Um, Harry Potter 7. Um, then he played in The World's End and he is voicing a character in Castlevania. <gasps> who is he? I don't know. I don't watch Castlevania. Oh, you should. I know, but I haven't even watched The Crown yet. <laughs> Give me a break. Castlevania is so good. Give me a break, please. Okay, and then we got our uncredited roles are Kate Blanchett and P- 
Peter Jackson. Right. We talked about that. Kate Blanchett has uh, huge roles. Uh, Lord of the Rings, most notably. I mean, we know who Kate Blanchett and Peter Jackson are. Yeah, it's true. We know who they are. The Hobbit series, Thor Ragnarok, the, and Ocean's uh, 8. Force of a Woman. Yeah, an also voiced force. somebody in Ponyo in the English version yes, she did. of Ponyo, yeah. which I also have Listen, seen. Listen, if Kate Blanchett locked me in a room and gave me nothing but water and food and read to me, I'd still be happy. That's fair. She won an Oscar for the movie Blue Jasmine and The Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio. Hey, Kate Blanchett, if you ever listen to this, my one request in life is that you do some Read book me readings. Read a bedtime story. Would That's you doubt all, it? That's <laughs> all I want. It's all I want. I just want you to read a book. I don't care what it is. Read Howl's Moving Castle, actually. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and then Peter Jackson, who um, won an Oscar for director, best picture, and adapted screenplay for Return of the King, and then also directed Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a genius. And he stabbed Nicholas Angel with a knife dressed as Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's pretty great. He also um, owns a shop in New Zealand that is dedicated to rebuilding World War One and World War Two era aircraft. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love the history of World War One and World War Two. Yep. So I'm done with actors. All right, we're moving on to we, directing. We are, and I'm gonna let you hit that one because the directing is not really my shindig here. But yeah. our director is Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, who, who most did notably, all three of them. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, mm-hmm. and Baby Driver. Baby Driver, thank you. Yep. Scott Which Pilgrim is a good movie. World, if you Baby Driver. Listen, out of those five movies, all of them are fucking bomb as shit. Like, and I think, listen, being able to keep this thing at 8 million pounds, right? And the directing style is so... Now that I think about it, like, looking across these three and looking at Baby Driver and Scott Pilgrim, his style is very prominent, right? All the fast cameras. Dude, the fast moving cameras, right? (laughs) Like, we kind of get, we got a hint of that in Jojo Rabbit, right? Whenever she's, you're our top man, Jojo. Yeah. Is dangerous out there? And we get that whole jump cut thing. Yeah. Now imagine that, but the whole movie. That's how Edgar Wright. That's sets up I, his storyboards. I think that's why the dry comedy works because he was like, "Listen, he keeps it fast. Yeah, we got to keep let it fast sit. in order for them to understand that mm-hmm. we are joking." Yeah, <laughs> yes. And Hot Fuzz moves a lot faster than Shaun of the Dead does. Mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead has a lot of comedy where you sit in it for a second, yeah. right? Like the record scene in Shaun of the Dead where they're chucking records at the the two zombies. That is like a solid minute and a half of a scene. Um, but in this one, he doesn't do that. Everything is constantly moving. Everything's moving. We're, we're moving to the next scene. Um, when we're following Angel around, all of his stuff is super fast-paced unless he's thinking. And when he's thinking, it slows down, right? Edgar Wright had a, a, a wonderful, wonderful job at keeping pace in the movie. This movie doesn't make you feel like it drags, even though it is two hours. Like, it's a... It's a the substantial movie like yeah, especially for a comedy yeah when i looked at the time i was like oh man we're going to do another long movie yeah especially for a comedy <laughs> it's a long movie but it doesn't feel that way because of the pacing that he sets during the movie i mean you move through it pretty quick 
And that's my biggest thing I tell people that are interested in watching the movie because mm-hmm. it's like a British comedy. I'm like, listen, no, this is such a fast paced movie. You're yeah. not even going to tell it's in the British N- no world. No way. And the timing, his timing on shots and like the jokes from those shots is so good. The scene where, uh, where he's getting the flowers for yeah the, the <laughs> for Japanese him. peace lily <laughs> he, he's getting the yeah the peace lily he's getting the peace lily for his birth for um uh, Danny's, uh, Danny's birthday and the quick second from turn going outside and then turning around and seeing just the shears <laughs> plunge into the woman's throat and yeah. just like <laughs> and blood going everywhere and then the dude in the black suit looks over at Angel he's like oh shit and then like <laughs> then we're on to the chase scene but that like lull for a second that like just quick like he just turns out goes outside turns around and you just see and then it turns back in a fast pace is so good it's his ideal it is so good and then the M. Night Shyamalan fucking reveal that it's the entire fucking town, pretty much, is it I was on it? like, I, this seems so familiar. And then I was like, oh, it's the village. Yeah, right? Right? It's the village all over again. They're all Why in on it. Why is this good? This shouldn't be good. <laughs> They're all fucking in on it. Like, every person is like, we want to be For the best village. such crappy reasons. <laughs> and it's so good. It's so well directed. I think... I think that he, I love his directing style. Yeah. And I think he was a perfect fit for something like Scott Pilgrim because of these movies. They do, they do similar things. Yeah. I'm not a very big fan of Scott Pilgrim, oh, but I like. I Scott Pilgrim. I also haven't seen it in years. But I haven't seen it since I was like fresh. That was one of my honorable mentions from our first episode. Yeah. From Chris Evans. Top fives. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That is pretty good. But I feel like, I feel like Edgar Wright fucking killed it on this one. No, I I agree. I'm totally. I, I with love you. the pacing. I love the jokes. I love the. You know style. me. Dialogue and physical comedy, and yeah. it's just literally ninety percent of the movie the, is dialogue or physical the, comedy. The scene where he's like sitting in the office and he's like, "You want me to phone the chief inspector?" Yes. You want me <laughs> to dial into the phone, <laughs> the chief inspector? Yes, yes. I do. There's well, you haven't thought about one thing. What my comrades will think about this? They're just popping poppers for him. Shit. Yeah. (laughs) Like all of the jokes are so well timed. The camera Mm. movements. The camera is what times it though too. Yeah, because it it spins. Yeah, because if it was like a play, you'd be like, "That's not really funny." Right. And speaking of the play, the play (laughs) where they didn't decide to do regular Romeo and Uh Juliet. They did movie Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, they did Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet. What a choice. And a perfect choice. And it's just bang. Bang. And the lights go out just a split second too slow. The kissing. Mm. Oh, no. Mm. More. 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 Like you're fucking dead, Romeo. Come on. Also gross. So good. Yeah. I think think the directing on this was spot on. I don't think there's much to really say other than like – that it's just good it's just good he just did a great it's job it's hard to like review a director yeah you don't know how much of it is like him like letting the actors and the cinematographers do their thing right and like just kind of tweak or how much of it is him like you need to set up these little things like we don't know which which leads into which our leads next into... thing talking about cinematography yeah. and how these things kind of go hand in hand 
like the director is not directly making directly mm-hmm. isn't making those calls on the storyboard all the time unless he is unless he is unless yeah. he's directly and we just don't know a part of it what his directing style is because some like steven spielberg is like in the room for some scenes writing the storyboards mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. and then some scenes he's just like i trust letting, you guys. yeah letting them take the, mm-hmm. the reins and just tweaking it yep so we in we just... organizing it, making everything is working the way it's supposed to and how he envisions it to look because exactly. like the director is the like, we're going to take everything and shove it into one person yeah, and make that vision. The cinematographer is solely responsible for the picture that he's taking, right? Yep. Like I want this picture to look right. The framing needs to be right. The color needs to be right. The pieces in the right places but he's not executing a vision. He's just executing a picture. Mm-hmm. Or helping the director to see a vision to see by that giving picture. him ideas on right. how cinematography works. The angles, the movement, yeah. the the color choices, things it, like that. Yeah, and it truly is just based on what is their style. Are they tightrope or loose rope? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we just we just don't know. Like Steven Spielberg, like depends on the movie for him. Absolutely. So um JJ Abrams, he's very hands on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the, the, the hand tap dude jj abrams does the shaky cam yeah and he he knows the exact cadence to slap the camera so that it's like shaking just enough to bring tension into it you've got michael bay who's just like i'm gonna make the biggest franchise in the whole world like i'm gonna change i'm gonna change the way we see space movies and then i'm gonna and then i'm gonna stop taking credit for wanting it to be the best sci-fi movie ever made and i just i just wanted to know it's biggest successful film Mm -hmm. in the world yeah not taking credit for what you've done (laughs) but So it's just different directing styles. And his style, I kind of feel like because it's so fast-paced that he was like, listen, I'm going to trust... It's going to move. Yeah, I'm going to trust my cinematographer. moving. Yeah. Like, the cinematography in this thing is crazy how much motion there is in the camera. Almost constantly. I feel like most of their budget was cameras. Yeah. Camera movements. Almost constantly. Like, how many dollies and wide shots and everything. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. So, I feel like that's probably most of what it was. Because there's so much movement in, in, like, they... And swishing. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. (laughs) And then the colors are always great in this one. They're a little bit more muted at the beginning and they become more vibrant towards the end as he's getting into it. Most most British movies are very like like ten percent low on the saturation bar. And this started at like zero percent saturation and went up about like ten percent. Yeah. And you're like, this is very not British, but also very British. Yeah. (laughs) It was weird. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, this doesn't feel like a British. It doesn't feel like an American film though, which are generally high saturation or high filter very like high contrast high color yeah the framing (laughs) that we liked are very wide frames where in the british television they they like a much taller frame Mm -hmm. um and so you get that feeling here there's more headspace in these shots than what we are used to so yeah it's it i mean it's, it's interesting it's like 50 50 american and british yeah you're just like i don't know which way to lean right <laughs> it's a very good introduction movie into british film though oh absolutely then you can be like it okay, kind of like put watched, your toes in the water yeah you've watched hot fuzz let's get into doctor who right yeah for sure <laughs> we're gonna suck you dry buddy <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right let's so. uh let's move forward off of directing and cinematography and let's talk about our editing and effects for this movie which there's a lot in this so we'll try to 
We'll try to talk about this pretty quick, but there is a lot of effects. Well, how about this? How about we do, let's start with our favorite effect. Our favorite effect. Yeah, you go for okay. it first. My favorite effect. My favorite effect. <laughs> I would say my favorite effect from a standpoint of like funny but gruesome at the same time is when Timothy Dalton lands on the the oh god the peak oh, of the, so the church in the yeah. mini town oh, and it go- yeah that part really specifically hurts. when it goes through there like that was cool and all and like gruesome and crazy and stuff but my favorite is when he's just like standing there and he goes it really hurt until <laughs> you're just like oh my god and like oh that's a god. practical effect and that's timothy dalton with some prosthetic thing yeah. attached to his fucking face that he's having to talk through that's it that's a good choice and that's I, a good choice i think that is like it is such a good use of like taking something that was so high intensity and nasty and gruesome and making it funny hilarious yeah when they like break it off of off of there and he's being carried away on the gurney and still got it through his face he's like oh <laughs> so good Oh man, I think my favorite effect scene would have to be the um the fascist joke where <laughs> where um she pops out of nowhere at the end fight yeah. scene and starts shooting and she's like fascist and he keeps shooting back and he goes hag <laughs> when he shoots the thing above her and it yeah. falls on her and it yeah. falls straight on her I was like oh that's really funny but I think my second would probably be the um uh, the bad boys two entrance into the bar when where they they're jump both in. jump shooting. Have you ever jumped and shot two guns at the same time? No. no. <laughs> Have you that ever jumped would... and shot one gun at the same time? No. no. <laughs> that would probably be my second favorite effect. But when, I like the fascist hat Danny one. Turns over when his dad's running away. Yeah. Ah, Point breaks it. Point break. And I have seen that one and I love that one. And I love that reference so much. Because the whole time you're thinking, he's gonna shoot him in the butt. He's gonna shoot him in the butt. And then you're like, oh wait, no, point break has been a reference this whole movie. He's gonna shoot in the air. Yep, he turns over. (laughs) Yeah. So funny. But yeah, that those would be my favorite. Those are my favorite effects in the movie. There's a lot in this movie. There's There's so many. So much action, so many effects. I mean, there's a lot of gunplay in this thing. There's a lot of car scenes in here. We've got a lot of death scenes in here. When when they get their heads chopped off with the axe and you see the axe like embed into the clavicle. Like, that's great. Tim Messenger's death is way, love... way the grossest. Oh, it was totally the grossest. <laughs> it reminds me of like a Silent Hill oh, type yeah. death, right? Yeah, no thank you. Um, the funniest part to me is that he like goes at them with that fucking axe and when they find the heads in the middle of the road it's like a perfectly clean yeah. like hacksaw through the neck cut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so funny. It's just an accident. <laughs> and he's playing fucking Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits as he's driving by. I he- I heard it was Eve and whatever his name uh-huh. was. Um, how did you, how you know it was you, them? How did you know that? Ward travels fast. Yeah. I and did. Love struck Romeo on the streets of serenade yeah, yeah that's that's that was good that was good yeah and you're like oh that's so gruesome seeing the heads in the road and then to messenger dies and you're like no that was definitely that's the grossest, the grossest one yeah <laughs> every time i cringe at it <laughs> who all dies in this they the the actors die tim messenger the flower lady and the house gonna dude, move away. the bacon and beans dude the bacon and beans the dude. mansion oh yeah the yeah, drunk, yeah the drunk he, dude yeah he gets blown up 
Yeah, so yeah. that one wasn't gruesome. Other than oh, I mean, you see his body fly out of the Yeah, the but it's not like, thing. you don't, you can't, like, if you're and not the thinking next, it's a body. You're and just... then the next scene is them looking at, like, the charred remains on the front fucking wow, lawn. I do have a convoluted <laughs> like, opinion of what gruesome is. Yeah, <laughs> that, one was, that one was pretty bad. That was bad. But yeah, uh, they they have, all of the effects are quality in this thing. You too. know what my favorite stunt is though. Okay, it's it's him skidding the bike because <laughs> it just like does the really yeah. cool skid to the stop and then close up when on his face the, when it's like <laughs> describing who he is. Yeah, yeah. he's like and an known an... cyclist cop. <laughs> It close up on the face with the the nasty, Uh like, looking down on you face. And you're just like, Um, this is great. Who does he, what is he fighting with uh, when he's using his baton as, like, a sword? He's, like. He's fencing? Well, he's, like, sword fighting with it, basically. And I can't remember which person he's fighting. It's in the middle of the town. It's in the middle, yeah. It's somebody with a sword. Like, oh, somebody has a sword. It's one of the older people. It's one of the old guys, like, comes at him with a sword. And he, like, guys. does a full fucking, like, sword fight scene, but he's using his baton as, like, a sword. And yeah. he fucking takes him out. And just a montage back to the um, to the fencing scene. And I can't mm-hmm. remember who it was that he was fighting, and that's sad. Yeah. It's, I just watched oh my it last God, night. <laughs> that ending scene, though, when he's fucking, when he rolls into town with all the guns. Like, yes, on oh, the horse. So good. Didn't know we had a mounted service. So good. Oh, man. From all the guns that they got at the barn. <laughs> the evidence is just you have 999. A, you, have a, you have a license for that? This one. What do you mean? Okay, this Filch. One? <laughs> 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 Fucking mine, an underwater mine. The the sea mine the was sea mine. perfect. <laughs> it's dead. Ting. <laughs> 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 Just run. Oh, I do. I do have a piece of trivia for you. Speaking of that scene, okay. Saxon, the the dog, mm-hmm. too friendly to be a police dog. Oh, that's what he was labeled. Like he got. He that's was okay. A, he was a flunky. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, I've heard buddy. Those, I heard those are the best dogs. They are the best yeah. dogs. Are the are the flunkies from yeah. police school? Yeah, they're they're great. Listen, they're very well trained. All, but... all I hear from that is those dogs aren't narks. That's fair. That's all I'm saying. That's fair. Those dogs didn't want to be narcs. So. <laughs> Did you see the video of the dude like laying in bed and he's got a dog on there and he's talking about like his day and everything. And then he's like, oh, and we need to add these things to the shopping list. And he goes through a little list and then he says cocaine and the dog hops up and then three <laughs> other dogs enter the room. And, and the, the tag is literally just like when you have three, pol- four police dogs in your house, <laughs> you just say cocaine. And they all were like excuse me <laughs> amazing very good but yes um too friendly to be an actual police dog but Cute. he can play one on tv hey <laughs> and we are all for it and this one had a lot of uh, practical effects in it too yeah a lot of practical stuff versus the digital i mean obviously there's some digital in there like the swan do you think it was a real swan or no. a clay- no, 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 claymation swan? <laughs> claymation, yeah. definitely. I really wanted to. They be did claymation. stop motion inside of yeah. the car. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you don't see him enough to be like. No, it was definitely a tennis ball on a stick for sure. Dang it! I yeah. was really hoping. Or a man in a suit with his hand. Like, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they just trained a swan. They might have. Who knows? I, know. I didn't see anything on that though. Yeah. Which is All right. Sad. Moving on. Sound and music. 
in you know, our sound design and our music in this not one. really a whole lot here not big it's no not a, didn't make a big impact on me either no i think the sound the, design was really good like the yeah. squishy noises of people getting murdered swoosh the camera noises the gunshots the swooshing the car sounds are all great i mean i think the sound design is like solid in this thing yeah but this the there's music, too much dialogue for there really to it's be too fast-paced music. too yeah, yeah you never really really take a second to to breathe in the music and experience it. yeah i was like i was thinking about music as i was like like there's the absolutely and everything music, and i was like but it's like hardcore music, rock and not, roll music yeah it's not they only had songs after each. They don't really died. use That's a music joke it. like they do in Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, where he's playing the metal music. The, they have the music jokes like playing the Romeo and Juliet mm-hmm. song and everything, but it's like, right. it's funny. It's funny, but it's not like Pirates of the Caribbean composure where you're like, right. oh, <gasps> that we got this chase scene happening yeah. and you know Mission Impossible mm-hmm. type stuff, but yeah, um, so it wasn't a huge. It it wasn't plot driving. Nothing really blew me away, no. sound or music wise. No. no, I wouldn't go into this movie as as a sound guy wanting to be like, oh, I'm gonna take something away from this thing. No, but I think it was solid. This is not in your sound editing class. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um. But I think it was still solid. Like they did a good job. I think I think the sound designer did a great job putting stuff in the right place and using it to comedic effect for a lot of stuff. But hey, he didn't overdo it. I think which is good, oh yeah for sure you can easily overdo yeah. it. But I I think that um, I think the dialogue really sells this movie. I don't think it's the the other That's the why other I love jokes this movie so much because you know in Shaun of the Dead you have the queen scene. Where it's, don't stop me now, and they're That's fucking fighting, right? So you don't have anything like that in this movie. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is just one of. The, but you, you know, my like top four favorite films of all time are all talkies, like Casablanca, Sunday in New York, The Princess Bride, and Hercules are all dialogue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. My top four favorite movies of all times, dialogue. Dialogue, man. And Hercules isn't like strictly dialogue, but it has like the best joke in Disney history. So it's only fair that it's on there for dialogue. Yeah. Because those writers were like, we're going to write a joke that nobody's going to get until they ro- <laughs> learn Roman numerals. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody call IXII. And everybody's still trying to figure out that joke. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, that that that's what made the movie for me. Yeah, the, di- the, dialogue the dialogue sells this movie. I don't think music or sound really played a big part in this one. Yeah, if I don't know if I would have noticed if there wasn't any music. Like yeah. I might have noticed no sound effects, but yeah, for no, sure, music I might not have noticed anything. Yeah, I don't know if it would change anything. All right, well, so. let's move on to our last section. We have decided to put this towards the ending of it, and it's actually our plot. And so we're just going to quickly kind of run through our plot. I mean, we've been talking about it this whole time. So we're just going to do a quick run through on that plot. And then we'll talk about anything that we really liked that stood out to us. Any plot holes that we saw. Things that we didn't like that we thought should be taken out. Um, whether we like the flow or whether it's confusing. Whatever. And maybe some fun things that we know along the way. So obviously we open up this movie with... Um, the walk-up scene. Yeah, we're doing the just whole him a walking montage of a description of our character. Yep, we're He's just gonna the best run through him. He's the fucking bomb, right? <laughs> And it shows us that he's the bomb and that he's going to be reassigned because he's making everybody else in London look a, bad. A 400 percent higher, higher than any other which officer. All I'm saying is he's either really good 
or he's arresting people who should not be arrested, no. right? But but it can't be that because he said he was quite popular among, uh-huh, right? <laughs> among the citizens. So you're like, oh, sure. he can't be arresting So he must be good people. at yeah. he must be good at his job. But he's gonna get reassigned to this little tiny village, and they're gonna give him a little cottage because they're like, you're making us look bad. So they're sending him to a village that allegedly has like no crime. Yeah, zero, like, murders, zero murders in twenty years. Yeah, like it is the pr- lots it is of the accidents. Voted the best village. In Britain, like, for 10 years. Yeah. Right? So they send him there, and when he gets there, immediately, he's, like, walking around, fucking arresting people. He arrests Danny Before for public Dan- intoxication. It's the best. He walks into the... He, he Well, first, he's like, where's where's the station? Uh-huh. And then he gets to the station and gets to the dude to uh, book everybody, and he's like, oh, when would you start? And he's like, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like... Dude, yeah. overachiever Over, here. Yeah, Chill so we're out. setting it up, right? <laughs> so he goes to the pub. He kicks out a whole bunch of kids. The pub owners already don't like him because that was their whole business. Yeah. He fucking arrests Want Danny. Cranberry juice. <laughs> no, I'm thank you. No, I'm, no, good. Thank you. I'm good. He arrests Danny, who is the fucking chief's son, like first day. <sighs> and uh, this is when next day he gets to meet everybody. Everybody already doesn't like him at the station. They're like not for him because he's a tight Where's ass. Where's the guy arrested earlier? He's supposed to be in the cell. He's like, what guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's Danny. <laughs> he's like, you're a police officer. He's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so now we're going to start running through like normal routine stuff. Angel's still pissed off that he's in this town. He's suspicious of fucking everybody. And everybody thinks he's fucking nuts for being suspicious of everybody. And that's pretty much a bulk of the, the section of the movie is basically... The first half of the movie of is Nicholas, just... like, just being suspicious or getting into shit. And then, like, um, Butterfield being like, hey, dude, no. You Butterman. Have... Butterman, sorry. Like Butterfield. Butterman <laughs> tells him, like, hey, dude, go do this stupid fucking job. And then they have to go do some fucking stupid job. And he takes it way too seriously. And Danny's his partner. <laughs> like, and Danny, like, does not take any of it seriously. And so we go through the movie for the bulk part of it until our first murder. Right? Like, that's the pretty much the bulk of the movie is him getting pissed off about being stuck doing this stupid shit. Until the first murder when the actors get murdered. Yeah, clock in, clock and, out. And clock in, clock out. Yeah. Butterman's just asking him a bunch of questions about yeah, just stupid get shit. In on some action. They pick up some ice cream at the shop, right? <laughs> like all this stuff. And all of that setting up for stuff later. It's it's like sowing the seeds, right? Very M. Night Shyamalan. Um and so then we are going to move on to our first murder, which is the actors who get murdered. They get their heads cut off. And this is where it kicks off. Yeah. Now Simon Pegg, he's like Okay, something's so, like, fucking going on here. Rolling with the accident and, idea. But, but everybody's like, like, it's an accident. Like, clearly it's an accident. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's, they're like, clearly it's a fucking accident. So then they go to the pub and he gets a little drunk with Danny. And this is when we meet our second murder victim, who's like the rich guy in town. Yeah, I keep forgetting his name. I can't remember his name either. But uh, he's the rich guy in town. Yeah, he made and his he living built, on refrigerators. Yeah, and That's he built a mansion that looks nothing like the rest of the village. So yeah. everybody hates him. And well, yeah. the cult hates him. Yeah, but this is where Danny and um, Angel are getting like a little closer Bonding. to each other. They're becoming buds. Um, uh, because they get a coffee. They get drunk. I don't, I don't drink coffee. Tea? I don't drink caffeine afternoon. Yeah. What? A beer? Okay. <laughs> And then they go in there, and then we see our 
our dude get murdered by another person in a black cloak. Another gr- dude watched him pee all over yeah. everything and decided to wait for him yeah. to end up peeing and then conk him on the head. Yep, conk him <laughs> on the head and then set the house of fucking boom using the gas in the house. Yep, bacon um, and beans, which is so British. Uh-huh. And then Danny and um, Angel are, are watching Bad Boys 2 in Point Started Break. with point break, point break bro, ended with Bound, which Bad was Boys a good too. start <laughs> <clears throat> and so they do that but they wake up there's another murder so now we're on to it again simon pegs Something angel's like wrong. something's going on and nobody's everybody's like it's a fucking accident dude like get the fuck over it it's a fucking accident and this is where the andes are like fuck you dude you yeah. fucking twat um but he's like they use that word very oh, nonchalantly oh, it's the british shit it's Australian, the C word in Australia, uh-huh. which I will not say. It's twat. <laughs> yeah, it's twat yeah. over here. And you're just like, us Americans are like, ah. It's a good one. <laughs> knob, knob is my personal favorite, but twat is also pretty good. Yeah. Anyways, they, this is where they're like, no, it's an accident. Everybody's trying to convince them it's an accident because they're all. And so, well, except for the Actually, police the force. Police the police force isn't. isn't. Sorry, All of the other people. Service. Police service. Police right. Service. Forces Sorry? to. We can't, you can't we use force too aggressive too according aggressive. to the vocab guidelines. Yep. <laughs> um, we can't use policeman or woman because of her. Police <laughs> officer. Um, I want to be a police officer, man. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they go on to that. And now we're going to roll through this whole thing again about like. And it's like not a fucking losing accident. his mind, right? Until we get our um, third murder, which is at the festival, and this is where Tim. The, yeah, he gets reassured because he's like Tim Messenger. Tim's like, like wants hey, to come talk, him. come talk to me. Yeah, and he gets picked to like read out the names of the winners. Yes, and of very, course, very, very. Of course, the scene. person who wins is Tim. Yeah, and that's when he's like, "Where the fuck is Tim?" And he like mm. runs off, and that's your uh, name is up. <laughs> that's instantly like that's when he turns the corner is when he sees the fucking spike just like yeah. <laughs> through him so gross. and the best thing about that is it could have stopped there that was like some final destination shit right like that final destination ruined our it generation could have, it dude. could have like <laughs> hit his head and that was the end of the scene right and then it could have cut to like them being like oh what the fuck happened or all the stuff being around him or whatever yeah. but instead Just his face would have been enough <laughs> you get the half a second of when Tim Messenger's body is still moving and he like walks forward a couple of steps. That was he more falls than over. half a second. I was trying not Dude, to throw up for like three seconds it's straight. So good. Cause he's like, he walks forward a couple steps, then he falls. And it's the top of the, like, whatever, the top of the church just like. So gross. And of course, it's an accident again, right? Like it has to be an Seems accident. Seems like an accident to me. There's a lot of accidents. There's in this a lot town, of accidents though, in this town, huh? <laughs> and um, then like this is when Angel's broken. He's just gonna give up. He's gonna give in. He's like, okay, it's an accident, whatever. So he becomes part of the force, but he's really good friends with Danny, and and he's still kind of pushing it. And so Danny's like gonna try and help him, right? And so Danny and him become closer, and they're working together on this. Reveals that it's Danny's birthday, right? So then he's like, oh my God, didn't you should have told me. And he was like, but. After their fight too. Yeah. After the little the fight. fight and the, yeah. <laughs> and then they bring in the cake. Yep. And he's like, I gotta go. Me. So he goes to buy him a piece, Lily. Personal because errand. Because that's what 
it's what friends Angel for. does. Angel has a peace lily. Angel's learning social skills. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's really trying. And so he goes to get it. And that's when we get the, the hilarious scene of the half a beat where the fucking florist gets stabbed in the goddamn chest after she reveals like everything and like everything okay, ties together. Like she does the, the whole, whole thing. thing. But in towards the beginning of the film, when they're doing the uh, speed, the speed tracking, yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. talking about how important his notebook is and to always mm-hmm. keep it with you everywhere. And then he goes into the flower shop and she gives him the whole story, whole fucking the thing. whole puzzle lays the and whole goddamn like, thing Can down. You just wait a second. And yeah. he forgot his fucking notebook. Yeah. If he hadn't forgot that, that lady would still be alive. Yeah. He fucking, he like, he's, she's just laying it out for him. How yeah. everything connects, how all of the people connect his to each other. His face is just like, oh he's my God. He's like, the God. motives connect. Here we go. And then he turns around and he just sees shears go through this woman's fucking throat. So gross. And so then he starts chasing him and we get a chase scene, but the dude in the cloak gets away. Because he jumps, fucking vaults through a goddamn bush. Yeah, I don't know how he did that. It was that. wild, dude. I was like, mm, that's magic right um, there. <laughs> that's cult magic. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's really later revealed that it's more people. But yep. in that instance, we think it's just one. Um, And so now he's like fully sold on it. And he's not going to fucking drop this. He's like, it's fucking Simon Skinner. He's like, I was fucking there. It's Timothy Dalton. <laughs> yeah. So then they go to try and like catch him in the act, right? And then we get this wonderful super villain scene where he's sitting in there and he's like um i was here the whole fucking time like whatever the smile with the feet mm-hmm. on the desk and then and he pulls his like... pulls his pant legs up and there's no cut from the chase scene when he ran through the glass door and he's like fuck how did i fuck that up it doesn't make any fucking sense and then all of the stuff matches up on the cameras yep. and that's when butterman's like dude you fucked up he's like you're you're, you're exactly like the last guy who was here. You need to just take off. Pop, Popwell? Yeah. Or Poppywell or Popwell something like or something like that. Popwell. And he's like, you just need to take off a few weeks. Like, whatever. Chill out. Out. <laughs> right? And then... Um, he has hit his low. He's hit his low. But what happens next is where everything starts to break bad. Because that's this is when he's going to go to his hotel room. And Yarp is waiting for him. No, not yet. He only does that when he figures out it's more than one person. He hasn't figured out it's more than one person sure. yet. Yeah, he figures out that it yeah. had to be more so than he, one person. Yeah, so he figures out it's more than one person helping when mm-hmm. they, when he's in his depression getting yeah. ice cream with Danny. Right. And he's That's and when it like, like, haven't like, you caught those killers yet? And he's killers like, yet? Oh, killers shit. yet? Killers yet? It's like, get to the, the station yeah. now. And then this is like, when he okay, runs you into fuck that dude up. He runs into Yarp. Yarp. <laughs> well, his name's Michael Armstrong, Michael. but it, he goes by Lurch. Lurch is and what they call says him. Says Yarp. Yarp. And he runs into him, and then they have a fight in his thing, and he breaks the peace lily over his head. Um, and then he says his one line. What was Play it? Playtime's over. Playtime's over. Because he distracted over. him with the monkey. With the monkey that he won at the fair. <laughs> yeah. Playtime's over. Smashes it over his head. Um. And now we're now we're on the the thing. We got to figure out what the fuck's going on. And so he ends up at the church. Next is the is the actual like cult meeting, right? Is like well, the town goes, meeting, right? Because yeah, the town meetings always start the same. Yeah. 
Yeah. He does he does that. So he goes to the the town meeting and it's Simon Skinner and Yart. Yeah. But it's not. He goes to the (laughs) town meeting and they're all in hoods and they're speaking, chanting in Latin. And then they just stop and they're like, first order of business, she's having twins. And they're like, oh, yay. (laughs) But they're all just fucking insane, murderous fucks. And this is where he's like, I'm going to fucking break this open. I'm going to get the whole goddamn force down here. And that's when they're like, well, we'll just have to kill you first. And then it's revealed that Chief Butterman is in on this thing. And not only is he in on this thing, he is like. The, the mastermind and he did this whole thing for his wife and she died and she cared about the village and yada 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 cool motive still murder and so <laughs> he goes on to that and they corner him and danny shows up and danny's he's like danny oh my god and danny just fucking stabs him in the chest just stabs him in the fucking chest and you're like holy fuck not danny not danny, not danny. but then it cuts to Danny driving out of town with, with the body in the, the car. body in mm-hmm. the car. And the funniest part, is he opens up the trunk of this thing and Simon Pegg's like <laughs> in the trunk, but he's not dead. Well, he probably doesn't know if somebody got else got in the car with him. Sure. And like opening the trunk. That's what I took it as. Okay. I was like, oh, he's fake. Cause I'd be like, and then Danny just goes, the fuck is out Danny there. Goes, <laughs> with a the ketchup, ketchup packet. packet. <laughs> because before he did a trick where he like stabbed himself in the eye. It's a good trick. But it was a ketchup packet. It was not, not It was pretty a, not funny safe. though. It was pretty funny. And so he's like, ta-da. And he goes, what the fuck are you doing, Danny? He goes, you have to get out of here. He's like, I don't know. I can't get out of here. I don't know what's going on. Danny's fucking freaking out. And so Simon Pegg's like, okay. And so he gets out of town, except Simon Pegg's not going to leave it fucking there. Hell no. He's going to fucking be a one man army against his entire town. He gave up. Yeah. And then he's like like at the gas station and looks at Point Break and Bad Boys Uh 2 DVDs lined up next to each other conveniently. Yeah. And And then he's like, like, can I help you? And he's like, no. No, I have to do this myself. And so this is where he goes back into the town and he gets all of the fucking guns out of the arsenal that they had acquired from, nine, nine, nine. from Filch <laughs> and loads them onto his back, fucking takes out the, the two old people at the front of town first who are like shooting at him, takes them out, steals a horse, then goes gets the arsenal. And now he rides into fucking town, everything fucking loaded up. Did you know throws a bag a of spray service? paint. Nobody <laughs> no, tells doesn't mean me anything. anything. Throws them a bag of spray paint to the kids who are the hoodies that yeah, are the next the people they're going been... to kill. Yeah. <laughs> the next ones they're going to murder. And uh, so they do this whole fucking thing. And we have this huge action sequence of them, you know, fighting the town. We get end up in the supermarket where we have the, the cops. Everybody shows back up at the bar at the pub. And all the the other cops are in their riot gear, and that's their when dusty riot yeah, gear. Yeah, dusty riot gear, <laughs> and that's when Danny and um, Angel convince them that like something's going on more than that, and that's when Butterman like loses Butterman his, turns into his shit. Horn. <laughs> yeah, loses his shit, and then they're like, "Oh fuck, there really is something going on. We need to like deal with this." Something rotten in the stand. <laughs> <laughs> and so they all go into the supermarket, and this the supermarket has some of the best scenes. He has to fight. Uh, Michael again. So let me check and see if it's clear. Gets immediately shoved uh-huh. out the window. Like, yeah, that's just how he does it. <laughs> Michael Armstrong just grabs Yarp. him. He's like, "Okay, I'll take the I'll big guy." I'll lurch. Yeah, I'll take the rest of them. And so then they go into this fucking 
supermarket and he fights he fights Lurch and he wins, right? He like falls into a freezer. It's like my favorite part though. He's like, are you he gonna slides... give up yet? And he's like, narp. narp. <laughs> <sighs> okay. He slides next to Danny and it's Danny's like a flip he's like, slide. Yeah, he's so like, impressed. hey, did you get the did you did you take out Lurch? Uh, Lurch? And he goes, Yeah, I put him in the freezer. And he goes, Oh, did you say something cool? Like cool off or something like that? And he's like, No. And he goes, Didn't say anything. And this is where the meme comes from, is as he's loading his shotgun, he goes, shame <laughs> Shame. And then and he goes, like, oh, but yeah, i but... did tell him i did tell him playtime's over and he goes oh that's fucking badass and that's You're when they're the like chain, angel. <laughs> the chain. and that's when they break into the rest of it the support from danny is uh-huh. just goals <laughs> and now we're going to have this huge scene where it basically is dwindled down to just butterman and um now i just want to angel i just want to call him uh um, no, our other bad guy, the guy who owns the store. Oh, Skinner. Skinner. <laughs> Skinner. Uh, Skinner and Butterman are our last two guys left. Yes. Um, and then we have the scene with the Point Break where Danny can't shoot his dad in the ass, so he just like pow, 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 with the pow, King pow. Kong town. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, or Godzilla town, well, whatever Butterman, you want to call it. Well, Butterman. King Kong. Butterman um ends up running into the tree. Yeah, because the because goose is the, the swan, swan is still in the back seat because they pick up the swan while they're driving through town and the swan's in the back seat. Very good comic relief. For and a you car just chase. it's just Danny and Nicholas standing on the top of the hill and you just see the car like swerve in the middle of this field and hit the one tree <laughs> in the middle of the field. There's nothing around it. The one fucking tree and he hits that tree and that's the end of that. But we still have to get Skinner. Yeah. So now we're going to have a whole fucking scene with Skinner and Nicholas and Danny. No, um, Danny's not in the scene. Danny's not in this one. Because you got a backwards. Right, right, right. Dad, dad was after Skinner. Is he? Yeah, oh, yeah, the, totally. The right, la- yeah. Right, because they're driving away, and then he f- Skinner goes off of the fucking thing and yeah, flips and the car over. Yeah, and pulls out the razor blade. Pulls, <laughs> takes the kid, and then... And the kid bites him. Then he bites him, <laughs> and then he starts running towards him, and he trips on the, the car, and that's when he impales his throat on the just yeah. his jaw there's like a king kong fight for like yeah. 30 seconds it's hilarious and then he saves town. the kid and he's like are you all right and he's like you were very brave kid he's like yeah and that's when skinner's like and then, ah yeah, and he slips on the it. car and yeah. fucking goes through then his jaw he gets impaled by a steeple uh, <laughs> it hurts really he bad, bad. And then you get the Butterfield one because yeah, he gets get in the, the point, car to try point and... Point break reference, yeah, 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 all yeah. that good and stuff. Then he tries to drive away and then he runs into the thing. And that's pretty much the end of the movie until the next scene, which is like a few days later or no, something it's, like that. No, it's right there where, where hmm? Freeman and Nye and the other guy are like, we've been trying to reach you from London. Our stats are off. You need uh, to come back. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, well, actually... I rather I like, like it, it here. here. <laughs> and that's when they're all like messing around doing the paperwork. Yeah. In it, and that's when the last dude comes in and yep. he's like going to shoot. After the manpower joke. Yeah. He's, and B- Butterman walks in. He's like, guys, we can't use manpower anymore because it's sexist against the ladies and points at Doris and Simon Pegg goes, Oh, you don't mind a little bit of manpower, do you, Doris? And she goes, oh, uh, cheeky bastard. You cheeky bastard. Um, <laughs> But that's when the dude comes in and he's like, oh, I won't let it happen. And he shoots a shotgun and Danny jumps in front of him and takes the hit. So good. He's like, no, no, Danny. And then they move the, they like, like the dude he like runs, after, runs him. after him. And then the dude like trips into the sea mine, the sea mine and the sea mine like, 
and then just fucking boom goes up whole building goes up and nobody then he's just holding he's just holding danny it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay okay, danny and that's when we get our actual ending is like however long after that yeah, it's like six um, months later or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we're led to believe that Danny's dead because he walks up to a gravestone gravestone mm-hmm. that says Butterman on it. Um, and then, well, he buys flowers and then he goes to the grave. And then Danny walks up and he goes, yeah, I think those will be great. And it's actually Danny's mom that yeah. they're dropping flowers off to. So nice. And that's it. That's, that's the whole it. movie. And I, I, I don't think there are any like big plot holes. I don't or... think there could be plot holes. It's no, just because it's mer- tied together. Yeah, too. it's a, it's like a butler did it kind of mm-hmm. thing. Absolutely. So it's just like as long as you have all the bad guys, you have all the holes because it explains. Yeah. It's a very whodunit yeah. type thing. And whodunit can't have plot holes or the whole thing doesn't work and you can't solve it. Right. So yeah. that's how it worked. And I think it flows. It flows really well. I was never at any point in this movie confused as to what's going on. Yeah, and the whole movie, I was just like, oh, yeah, let's keep going, keep going, keep going. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, dry times where I was like, no. we need to get through this movie. <laughs> right, exactly, right? So, like, it's got a really you look good at, yeah, flow to you it. You look at the two-hour timeline, and you're like, oh, yeah. man, that's a long movie. And then but the it whole just, thing it is works. so fast. It moves, it flows. Yeah. It's not confusing. The plot's really nice. It's always funny. I, I just, I think this movie really works. It just works. Did you have any fun things on any of the scenes? Or? There wasn't a whole lot that I could confirm as far as okay. trivia goes. All right. um, supposedly, you know, it took 18 months to write the script, yeah. which is a that's, long time. That's a while. Um, the first draft supposedly had a love interest for yeah. Nicholas. but most... Much more similar to Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, but most okay. of the lines didn't actually get deleted. They just got given to Danny. <laughs> so I think that really that's made good. The, I really I like think it that. made the thing work. Yeah. But that's pretty much all cool. I have. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to our last section for this, which is going to be our closing thoughts. So it's just our overall thoughts on the film. Um, yeah, I and just think how we kind of covered it. Just how we feel about it. Yeah, How do we feel? I'd recommend this to anybody. I definitely recommend this to a lot of people. Yeah. I recommend all three of them. I mean, that's true. Yeah, but I'm always privy to introducing them via Hot Fuzz. This is that's my true. Favorite. I I showed Skylar Hot Fuzz first. Okay. Of of all of them because Hot Fuzz just it's just so good. It's so funny. It's fast. It like. Because it's so fast, that's why I can get them in. It can get their toes in. Yeah. Because it's so fast. And that's yeah. always my icebreaker is, this is a very fast movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to get any It's so lulls. funny. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. There's so many jokes in this movie, and there's so much good timing in it. It's just, it's a really good comedy. If you If you want a comedy that's not like, like an early 2000s comedy that's not fucking an Adam Sandler type, you know don't diss adam sandler no no no, i'm not but like you know that kind of movie yeah i know right like austin powers adam sandler movies like those kind of dominated the early 2000s like if you want something that holds up as a comedy that you could watch over and over and so quotable it there's dude there's so many quotes in this movie dialogue 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 yeah it's so good so if, if you're looking for something like that i think that this is definitely that kind of a movie to to look at yeah, I love this movie. I think it's great. I think overall this is a solid movie. So, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's our new format. I don't really have any questions or anything. Just uh, that you guys tell us how you guys feel about this movie or about Simon Pegg or about Nick Frost or whatever. 
tell us about uh, Timothy Dalton as James Bond. Huh. I don't really care. Whatever you guys want to tell us, you can tell us, and you can tell us over on our socials. You can catch us on Facebook. We are Two Thoughts for Two Thoughts for a Penny Podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two Thoughts for a Penny Podcast on Facebook. We're Two Thoughts Podcast on Instagram, and we are Two Thoughts Pod on Twitter. You can go to any one of those. Tell us what you guys think of Hot Fuzz, what you think of Shaun of the Dead, what you think of any movie or movies that you guys like that you'd like us to possibly talk about. It it's really helps us out. If you're listening to this on Apple, give us five stars. Leave us a review. That helps. On Spotify, give us a follow. On any one of the listening platforms you're listening to, if it allows you to do something, do it. That really does help us move out there so that more people can hear our content. But the biggest thing that would help us the most is if you guys told a friend, share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, whatever. Tell your grandma who would like to hear two dum-dums talk about movies for a while because she needs something to listen to while she gardens. I don't fucking know. But telling people is the best way for us to grow and give you guys more content because we love doing this and hopefully you love that we do it. So until next time, we will catch you on Two Thoughts for a Penny.